You're listening to the Therapy for Women podcast with licensed therapists Amanda White, Fern Formel, and Gabby Salomone. Whether you're contemplating therapy for the first time, already in therapy, or reconsidering it, this podcast will empower you with tips, advice, and plenty of real talk so you can get the most out of your sessions. Hi, everyone. Hi, welcome back, Amanda from Maternity Leave. How are Thank you doing? You. I'm good. I'm excited to be here with you all and chatting. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. We missed you while you were away. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What's so weird is I know a lot of people talk about postpartum and how it is a whole world, which it absolutely is. But because my pregnancy was so intense, I actually feel way – like I am thinking back on the last year and the episodes we did and I feel like I was in just a, a – like just a total fog. Like it's so strange. <laughs> Were that. you in a lavender haze? <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't think it was a good – I don't – I think lavender haze is a good thing and I was <laughs> I was not in a good haze. <laughs> just a pregnancy like it's so haze. strange. Yeah, like a depression haze, you know, when you come out of a depression and you're like, what was – what what happened? What just happened? Where yeah. where was I and what was I doing for the past year? Yes. So I have no idea. Yeah. I am excited and happy to to and I can't tell if it's because, you know, postpartum is just not as hard as I expected and I was preparing for the worst or mm-hmm. if my pregnancy and that experience was so difficult, anything is better <laughs> compared to that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's like humans, we're, we're really bad at predicting how we'll handle things. And so there was probably a like, part of you that was like, oh, pregnancy, I can handle that. That's fine. And then it came and like it was a little harder for you. And now postpartum, you're you were like actually preparing for postpartum to be mm-hmm. the difficult part. And you're like, oh, this is a cakewalk. This is, mm-hmm. I can do this. I can do this in my sleep. Wait, I feel like this just speaks to, and we've talked about this several times I'm sure is just like how different pregnancy is for every single person. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I I feel bad like talking about how hard it was sometimes because every it is different for everyone and I feel mm-hmm. like um you don't want to scare people but I also want to speak to it because it's mm-hmm. my experience. I'm raising my hand over here because I've been traumatized by my friends' births and pregnancies mm-hmm. and all of the extra sharing that they have given me and info <laughs> and insight that like I feel sometimes I'm like, I know way too much for a person yeah. that's never been pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone's so different, right? I feel like lately – I've heard a lot more from people like the less I know, the better. And mm-hmm. I'm so the opposite. Mm-hmm. I want to know okay. every detail, every possibility, prepare for every situation. Mm-hmm. That is the anxiety in me. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it makes me feel better to know all of the details personally. Okay. Well, that's good, Fern. I was thinking about you and being like, I don't want to traumatize you, Fern. No, no. Although so you've I- probably already been traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things too where like, multiple of my family members mm-hmm. have had kiddos, especially recently. Like yeah. my – a couple of my really good friends have. I've – you know, my best friend had a pretty hard pregnancy and delivery experience and another friend of mine was like, I would be pregnant indefinitely if I could. Yeah. I was like, wow, you are the unicorn and I'm going yeah. to hold on to that story. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I know people that like love being pregnant mm-hmm. and then I have friends that have not loved being pregnant and are like, I will – 
never do that again. Or like their first pregnancy was like, okay. And then their second pregnancy was not great. And so it's just like a balancing act. And then there's also like my one friend, she, you know, can be a little, you know, spicy when she wants to. And then when she's pregnant, she's the nicest human in the world. (laughs) And she knows that about herself. And we always joke, we're like, man, we know when you're pregnant because you are nice to (laughs) everyone. (laughs) I was not that way. (laughs) Does she love being pregnant too? Is that part of it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She does too. Yeah. She loves it. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah, it's just wild. And it's so wild because you have no idea what camp you're going to fall into or what will happen or if it'll be easier for you to be pregnant or if it'll be difficult. And you have to literally decide if you want children before knowing if you are able mm-hmm. to have children, which yeah. is the most ridiculous thing. It's so wild to yeah. me. Yeah. Well- And, you know, I think for a lot of people, especially these days, right, we see a lot more people saying, I don't know if I want to have kids. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I want to go through pregnancy and like labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy to me that we have to say kind of to your point, Amanda, right? Like, I am going to make this decision knowing all of these potential risks and just hope for the best. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And there's, there's a lot of stuff that could happen, a lot of possibilities, good and bad. Right. Yes. Yeah, as a person that is in that field of like, I'm not really sure if I want kids, you know, I always had like this magic number in my head. I was like 37, 38, that that very small window of time is the best time to get pregnant and have a child. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And now it's here and it's like, I should know if it happens, (laughs) if I would be okay. And I don't like, uh, and so we'll we'll probably be discussing that over the next season of the podcast when we come back in the fall. <laughs> probably. It's probably going to be a big topic. <laughs> yes. It'll just be me spiraling. <laughs> Listen, it's it's well, it's interesting too with the, with the three of us in doing this podcast, right? We are all going through significant like life changes, right? Like Amanda, obviously you've gone through pregnancy and now you have your first child and Gabby and I are getting married and I don't mind sharing this that like I'm also planning on having kids hopefully in the next year or so it's just really interesting that we're all in this stage of life where all these just really big life events are happening yes yeah i think it's interesting and it's nice to have people to go through it with you know in my friend group there's like one other person getting married right now and all of my other friends have been married for six to ten years and they all have you know children and not just like one but multiple and they're like yeah we're kind of like done (laughs) and now it's like "Mm, well I don't know maybe I'm just starting but (laughs) hopefully your kids are old enough they can watch my kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) and when I say kids I mean kid because if it happens it's just one (laughs) (laughs) well it's yeah I read an article last night that's really interesting that was just talking about the grief of having people in your life or having friends in your life when you're in a different stage of life than them. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about too. I've been fortunate that a lot of my friends, we've all kind of gone through things together, but I can imagine it would be really difficult to be at a different, especially I, I'm, my heart goes out to, you know, the people that really want to be able to have children and they're struggling too. And they feel like everyone around them is having children or they really want a partner and they're watching everyone get married. And I think that that is just 
we don't talk about that enough. Like that is so painful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then there's also like I think the grief of like having a person to like grab, you know, go out with after work and, you know, grab drinks if you're, you know, doing that or grabbing dinner or, you know, on a whim. And then that's not able to happen anymore because there's sitters that are needed. There's organizing with spouses and partners and there's grief sometimes there around like, that was my person. Like we went out, we were together all the time. We were doing all the things like from a workout class to go into a museum or whatever. And then that just kind of stops. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think also like a grief that happens that we don't talk about, about like how friendships change and evolve, which mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time talking about in our one podcast uh, with Melissa, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. And, you know, it's it's all about seasons and changes and, yeah, the grief that occurs in these th- like different time frames. Yeah. Even, you know, what that makes you think of like not just the grief of maybe wanting things that the people around you are having and that you're like wanting or waiting for, but also being in a friend group where you want different things than your friends and what it means to feel like other and like an outsider in your friends group when let's say you're someone where your friend group is, you know, they're getting married and they're having children and all these things and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want those things. And that doesn't mean that you can't fit into that friend group or you can't be a part of it but there can certainly be a feeling of other and that can be really hard too for sure absolutely absolutely I think it's so interesting too a lot of people this has just been a theme of people reaching out to me on Instagram with some of the FAQs I've been doing and it has been you know my my friends have had kids and they're not they make time for other couples that have kids and they don't make as much Mm -hmm. time for me and like the pain, um, I think of that. And it is so, yeah, it's yeah. so interesting how, I mean, people who have kids gravitate towards people who have kids, people who, you know, are partnered gravitate towards people who are partnered. And I think that as someone who didn't have kids for a long time, I really, really appreciated my friends who would go out of their way to be like, come over. Like, they would be like, it's not. I'm not saying this is going to be the most fun time, but right, like come over and hang out with me with mm-hmm. my kids at my house. And I think there's a level sometimes that we don't invite people because we're afraid of it not being fun or we've changed. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we can all be honest and because I know for myself, like I wanted to see their kids. I wanted to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether they're distracted and having to mm-hmm. break up fights with their kids. I still want to mm-hmm. see them and like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Listen, I'll be fun, Aunt Gabby, that comes to the pool. You have a pool membership? I don't have a pool membership. (laughs) Comment. (laughs) I will be in that pool with your child in the freezing cold water. Not that long, but like I'll get in there for a little bit and then I'm getting out. But like Gabby, I'm logging this for later. I just hope you know. I'm keeping this in the back of my mind. Listen, I am Yes, I am funny and Gabby. I go, I buy the ridiculous gifts. I, you know, attend the concerts and the games and, you know, go to the pool and go to the park and all those things with my friends and their kids. And I think, you know, some of my friends, it really was just like me showing up and being there. And some of them needed that. Mm -hmm. And that's what they needed for their day-to-day life and 
you know, some, um, you know, it was a little harder and, you know, I wasn't involved as much, but like I have a group of friends where like I was at the house, my one girlfriend, I was actually like the pickup and emergency contact for her kids for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, this is making me think of the episode that we did with Julie about the importance of community, right? And how important it is to have your people. And so if you right, if you're feeling like an outsider, you're feeling other, maybe your people have things that you're wanting and that you don't have yet, like that you can still be connected, you can still have that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's just also offering like you need a extra emergency contact, like my job's flexible, I can do it. Like you need, you know, extra help on, you know, Tuesdays I'm around or like whatever it is, like just letting people know and I think sometimes people are afraid to ask for the help. Absolutely. And then I think people on the other side are afraid to, they're like, I don't want to impose. I don't want to, I want to give them their space and stuff like that. But I think to your point, Gabby, I think if you are in that position that we're talking about, off, you know, like offer to come over with food, offer to, you know, hang out at their house while they're like cleaning, offer to go to like Target with them if they have to go to Target already, you know? And I think I think that's one way to really not feel like you're getting disconnected from your friend who is in a different life stage, like really taking an active interest in what's going on. Yeah. With them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that makes like the bonds better. You get to be, you know, close with the their kids. You get that experience, you know, you get, you know, to indulge them in ridiculousness and <laughs> it's true. No, being an auntie is the best thing. I'm I'm a big, big lover of being an aunt. And for a long time actually, I was very okay and very much in the camp of I don't think I'm having kids and I'm so okay with being an aunt forever. And I have many kids in my life and I find that very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it is fulfilling and it is really nice. And, you know, I think when people are like, well, don't you want your own? It's like, I don't know, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. I think also my perspective about some of this Mm -hmm. too, personally, is like, I nannied for years. Mm. That'll do it. (laughs) Multiple families, multiple kids. You know, one of the families I nannied for, for like two years, they the boys just turned 21 and I was like, oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, but they were wonderful. And, you know, the like it's great to watch them grow up. And some, you know, some families you stay involved with, some families you don't. And, you know, there's one family that in particular that I've stayed very close with and still talk to both of the girls. And the youngest just graduated college. So congrats to her. I'm super mm-hmm. proud of her. And I started watching her when she was in first grade. So like that's also very touching. And but sometimes I'm like, that was exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they weren't even mine. I got to give them back at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So yes, shout out to Amanda. Shout out to parents. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to parents. And like also shout out to the staff that helps because Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's a, it's a world. Mm-hmm. So Fern, I was thinking just because I know we did an episode with Leah talking about if you want to have kids and we went into a lot of other topics too, but I know a lot of people really ask me and 
responded to the episode by asking about how did you figure out whether you wanted to have kids or not? How did you decide that as someone who you weren't sure and you have a lot of young kids? Yeah. In your life. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'll be honest, I think I'm hesitant to say this answer because I, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't know what people are going to think about this answer. But um, honestly, my partner, my fiance, I was really, really clear that if I was going to have kids, I needed to have a very specific partner to do that with. You know, I never questioned if I'd be a good mom. I, I think I'll, I do. I think I'll be a great mom. It was more so that I have seen the effects of having kids on relationships and family units and just individually. And I just knew that if I was going to do that, I I really needed a partner that honestly probably wanted kids more than I did, right? Because I, because obviously I was like, eh, I could take them or leave them. <laughs> so I needed one, a partner that I think really wanted them. I And whether I consciously knew that or not, I, I think I, I did. I needed a partner that really, really wanted kids. And that was okay with being more of like the primary caregiver. And, you know, I have a fiance who if if we could do it and he could be a stay-at-home dad, he totally would be. Like that's how much he wants to have kids, right? <laughs> um, and whether that will actually happen, whether he will be a stay-at-home dad or whether he will be the primary caregiver or, or things like that, it was – you know, I told him things like that I have fears about, you know, giving birth and I have fears about pregnancy and I need you to be the person who's going to sit there and read all the books, even if they just repeat the same stuff, even if it seems scary. Like, even if there are days where I'm like, well, what if this happens? Like, I need you to be able to be my anchor in all of that because, and I need you to acknowledge of what I'm going to go through in order for you also to have this child. And I got a partner that was all about those things. So I feel very, Dave, if you're listening. We love you, Dave. <laughs> Which, yes. Like, and I know you, you're listening because yeah. you listen to every episode. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> he is I – got, I got really exceptionally lucky with Dave and with how much he wanted to have kids and how our relationship developed. It also shifted – I really wanted to be able to do that with him and give that to him. His, his biggest dream in life is being a parent, you know, being a dad. And I think as his partner, me being able to be the person who gives him that and is able to create like a family unit with him and for us to create not just a family with the two of us, but a family with children, it just kind of developed naturally too. So it, it was a pretty natural process. But I, I will say that if, if he was not my partner, I don't know if my mind would have changed. Long story long. I love – no, this is – I think that's so – I think that's so helpful for people to hear too because I think people don't – we don't often talk about – right? We hear people don't want to have kids and then they have kids and there isn't mm-hmm. – we don't talk There's about – There's not an in-between. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to say – or I felt like I wasn't allowed to say, I don't know if I want kids because mm-hmm. it like somehow yeah. preemptively makes you a bad parent mm-hmm. to yeah. even question it. Right. Um, <laughs> Where after then you have kids, you're afraid that people will like judge you or think that like you're like I thought you didn't like kids. Yeah. Why are you having kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My my big thing. We're actually the big thing in our relationship, and I guess this isn't a surprise because I'm a therapist. <laughs> um, Dave and I talk a lot about everything. Honestly, I think like we our friends have said before, like you're. The two of you talk about too much. <laughs> um, so we do. We talk about 
everything. And we've talked through various scenarios. We've made sure we're on the same page about a lot of things. And and the thing is, is no matter how much fear you might have, like you don't know how things are going to end up. You know, you don't know how pregnancy is going to go. You don't know how labor and delivery is going to be. You don't know the curveballs life is going to throw at you. So it's not about preparing because you can only prepare so much. It's just about making the sure that the two of you have one, the communication skills for hard times, right? And that at least in the beginning, you're on the same page and that you have the skills to say like, if we ever feel as if we're off the page, right? As if we're not on the same page, that we will both work to get back on the same page. Um, and and that was really important too. Yeah. I think that like makes a lot of sense. And it, it's all about us like balance and this ability to actually say what you're thinking and how you're feeling and not holding it in for fear of judgment. Because if you can't be honest with your partner, then who can you be honest with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what are you even doing there then? And it's practice, right? We have to we have to practice like regulating ourselves, our emotions. We have to practice not having strong reactions to each other's comments, right? We're, we we try to both practice uh, like radical honesty in that way to say, you know, this is my thought, this is my opinion, this is what I'm thinking. It's not that we agree on everything. Um, we just we try really hard to really hear what the other is saying. Um, and just have a constructive conversation. Does it always work? No, but a lot of times it does. <laughs> if you're looking for some extra support with your mental health, now is a great time to see a therapist. Our practice has therapists located in 24 states across the country, and we have three local offices in the Philadelphia area. Don't let sad girl summer become depressed girl fall. Book your appointment now. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this will also help you too, Fern, with I can say I feel the same way about my partner. Um, That is the greatest thing is being able to have those conversations. And I felt very similarly to you. And I don't think my partner was as – it's not his dream to be a parent. Um, If we wouldn't have had kids, he would have been okay with it, I think. But he did – he's four years older than me. So he also was kind of like this is – all my friends have kids. This is this really feels like the right time for me where I was like, maybe I should freeze my eggs and we can travel some more. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> um, and he was like, I don't want to be, you know, like a, you know, necessarily much older than I am if possible with having kids. But this is what I can say is one of my friends came to visit and she like witnessed us, you know, in our day-to-day life kind of because she came and she was there while we were working and stuff like that. And she was like, you guys talk so much about logistics. She was like, I've never seen a couple. She And I, I had no idea what she was talking about. And she was like, you will say, I'm going to go here. I'm going to get the groceries. Do you want this? Do you want that? I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I'm going to go do this. And she was like, I don't do that with my partner at all. Like she was kind of like poking fun at us of just like, this is most of your conversations are just like <laughs> logistic. And she like was kidding, being like, you literally are going to have a conversation being like, I'm going to walk into the kitchen. I'm going to pour a glass of water. <laughs> Do you want to be in the kitchen too? Is this an okay place for me to be in the kitchen? Just <laughs> so funny. But what I can say is it made, I think, postpartum much easier And I think because what I can say is having children is the most like logistically intensive 
thing because you have to be like, are you getting the baby? How long are we going to wait for the baby to cry, right? Like, where did you put the bottle? When was the last time you changed the diet? You know, it's very logistic focused. And so, you know, like I think if my recommendation is if you can learn to talk about some of these logistics and learn to have these conversations like you were saying, Fern, of talking everything out, I think it will make you know, postpartum much easier because sometimes I think postpartum or after having a child is one of the first times where couples have to really problem solve and work together as a team. And if you can learn how to do that before having a child, I think it can make the transition much more seamless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, our constant day to day for Brendan and I is logistics because, you know, he gets up and leaves the house at 6 a.m. and he doesn't get home until after 6 p.m. And it's like, okay, like, what do we have going on? We have this dinner with this person and we have, you know, a dance lesson and we have this meeting with this person. And then, oh, you have a work event and you have a work event and, you know, you have dinner with your mom or whatever. And then also like our weekends are constant logistics because, he coaches rugby. He's gone all day, literally all day. And so it's like, where are you? What are you doing? Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, and trying to like balance all of that. And also like, it's just a constant juggle. And there's also times of like just balancing out too of like, when are we actually going to spend time with each other? That's exactly what I was thinking. I was, that's exactly. Here's your couple's therapist. I was like, but Gabby, when do the two of you spend time together? <laughs> we go to our dance class and our dance lesson every Wednesday night. And it's that. like two hours where it's us. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have a great time. And shout out to our um, dance teacher, Anthony, a.k.a. Maria <laughs> Topcat. <laughs> No, but it's true. You know, I was even thinking like, right, we live in the city and we have one car. Mm -hmm. That alone is figuring out logistics of having one car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if there's, if there's one thing that people can take away from this, right, is like logistics are a big part of like learning communication skills. And I want to add in there too, right, that you also have to have trust in your relationship, right? Like if you don't have trust, it's really hard to have these logistical conversations and these like... Right? Like these open and honest conversations. It's really hard. I think even Amanda and I, like our 90% of our conversations are logistics and like understanding like what's going on where and who's doing what and, you know, keeping a pulse on three offices. And what are we now at 27 states where we have therapists like licensed at and it's all logistics and it's a working relationship. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, people can sometimes be, and I'm sure you can talk about this, Fern, like I think sometimes people feel like it's unsexy. It's unlike romantic. It's, you know, I want to be surprised by my partner. And like, I get that, but you don't want to be surprised about your partner when they take your car and you're planning on using your car. (laughs) I do not want to be surprised when I have plans to go spend three hours at Target wandering around and there's no car outside. I would be angry. Mm -hmm. I'd be real angry. We even had to have this conversation like two days ago because uh, we just closed on our first house, which is exciting. Thank you. And, um, you know, now we're bopping between this house to the other house and we're doing renovations and yada yada. And I was like, well, I want to, I want to go to the house too, but I have a session at seven o'clock at night. So like, 
I don't want to have to Uber and then Uber again. Like, can I, I'm going to take the car. And he's like, well, like, I don't want to be stuck at the house though. And then, and like, I don't want to Uber with my tools. And it's just like, uh, uh, uh. so did we figure it out? Sure. Was I super happy with the results? No. <laughs> like, but you, yeah, you figure it out. You have your logistics. You have those conversations. Um, but you're right. It's not sexy. It's not romantic. You're not like, oh, my sweet love. Of course <laughs> you can have the vehicle. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and in like the media, right? I think that that isn't, I mean, it wouldn't be a good TV show to watch two people figure out logistics. Right, like Bridgerton. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think that that's where some of it comes from too, is that we have this idea that like romance should be super passionate and super sexy and super spontaneous. Yeah. Not. And it can be. Right. But <laughs> yeah. I wish everyone could have seen Gabby's shoulder shrug <laughs> that she just did. Can't wait for us to be able to record video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it it can be spontaneous and passionate and sexy and romantic. And that also isn't 90% at least a long-term sustainable romantic relationship. It's just not. Yeah. No. It's really yeah. Not. What do you see that, Fern, would you say, with like people coming into therapy and stuff like that is they get they feel like there's something wrong or they have this unrealistic expectation of what their partnership should be like? Mm. I think if it's an earlier relationship. If it's like a long term, we've been together for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and we're just kind of coming in because we've fallen off the tracks a little bit, not as much. But I think earlier relationships, um, a lot of people go through stages of, well, we don't have sex as often. We don't have as much fun. Uh, And so then we talk about things like, well, you moved in together. You see each other every day. Do you both work from home? Like, you know, where is the mystery? Like, what effort are you putting in towards your relationship? Where are those, like, pops of fun moments? And and there's a really amazing switch, I think, that couples can have when you go from an early relationship to this is a long-term relationship and you have that understanding of, oh, I can be in a long-term relationship and it can be sexy and romantic and passionate and fun and it's also sharing my entire life with another human being every day. And that in itself is not necessarily sexy. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, all of that is true. And yeah, there's like a balancing act that has to occur. And mm-hmm. it's also about like growing up and evolving and changing a little bit together mm-hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. This is making me think for season two of our yeah. podcast that we should mm-hmm. definitely do like a dating relationships episode. Yeah. yeah yes. I yeah. Think because I think idea. we all have very unique experiences with dating uh, with our mm-hmm. own individual partners and just our journey of dating and partnerships and best, fast array here of mm-hmm. knowledge, I think, and experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, Fern, too, that's such a good point about what you were saying about the difference, right, in where you are. And I, I remember when I was first dating my husband, my and, – and maybe this is generationally, too. My mom was very like, you're not passionate enough. You're not – do you love him? Are you sure? You're not like – she was very into like, you're not all over each other. You're not – super PDA. Like, are you sure this is magic? Is this spark? Is this all, you know, because my husband and I did fall into a very comfortable 
routine, like we were very kind of logistical early on. We like, you know, he was older than me. We were both like knew what we wanted. We moved in together after like nine months of dating. Um, and yeah, I think that's really funny too because, and it makes me think of sometimes when couples after a few years wake up and they're like, I don't feel the spark anymore. And it's just like the spark is not what is going to sustain a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. No. you're, And I love my famous line for my clients that are in their you know 20s and even 30s that are dating. It's like, we are no longer picking prom dates. We're picking partners. Oh, I yes. like that, Gabby. Right? Like, we're not picking a prom date. We're picking a partner. Uh, we're not lo- picking somebody that looks good in a picture with us and that can like have a good time. We're like picking somebody that's going to be there for the long term. While yes, myself, like my partner is my prom date. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally. Literally Um, Gabby went to prom (laughs) with her partner. I did. Yes. Uh, I was his prom date. Like it was his school's dance that I went to, but also like in the almost 20 years that we've known each other, we could not be the same humans that we are today to be together as we were mm-hmm. when we were 17 when we met. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. God, no. Because we also tried this in our 20s and it was unhinged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think, and I'm sure someone will disagree with me on this, um, but I do think that to some degree timing is everything, right? Because there are some people who date when they're 17 and they're together till they're 80. Um and then there are some people who date when they're 17 and 27 and 37. <laughs> yes, that's um, us. <laughs> you know, and and I, I say that actually about my partner all the time, that if I had met him any earlier where I was at in life, there's no way that we would be where we're at just because of I, – I can't even speak for him, like just for myself. I wasn't mentally, emotionally in a place that would have worked for this relationship but I truly do believe that I just met him at a time where I knew what I – kind of what you were saying, Amanda. Like, I knew what I wanted. He knew what he wanted. Uh, geographically, it worked out. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like all of these all of these things. And so to some degree, timing does matter depending on, you know, where you're both at in life. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in my – I mean, if I would have met my partner when I was in my active addiction, <laughs> that absolutely mm-hmm. would not have worked out. But yeah, no, I joke with my husband too because he's very um, – he won't, for lack of a better word, like if you try to like rile him up, he will not play. He will not play with that game. You know what I mean? Like, And I used to really be like – I would escalate a lot, right? And I would do the whole like if you love – like, you know, if I run out, you need to follow me and, you know, you need to prove your love. And if I say no, that means yes. And you need to somehow know that, but also know the line of where I actually mean no, right? And like all of these traps. And thankfully, I did a lot of work on myself before then because it would not have, you know, when someone used to tell me if I if they wouldn't escalate with me in a fight, I took it as like, they don't love me. They don't mm. care about me. Right. You're not yeah. fighting for me. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. When it's like, it's so it can be so toxic a lot yeah. of times. Actually, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. So, yeah. did you both watch the most recent uh, Queen Charlotte Bridgerton? 
I'm yeah. watching it now. I'm like on episode like three or four. Okay. We'll I don't think this will spoil alert if anyone yeah. watches Bridgerton. Yes. I don't think this will spoil much. It's something that she says that sticks with yeah. me. And she says says something. I can't remember if there's three lines or two lines. But the two lines I remember, she says, like, I want to fight with you. I want mm-hmm. to fight for you or fight for me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we see that line in a lot of things. We mm-hmm. see it in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. like. As in a lot of different places, and I want to say, like, there's a difference between what you had just described, Amanda, mm-hmm. versus fighting with someone in a constructive yes. way, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, there's fight with me, and we'll be passionate, and then we'll have makeup sex, and blah, blah, yes. blah. Like, okay, maybe do the makeup sex, but, like, <laughs> there's, yeah. you know, there's fighting for a relationship, fighting for a p- person, fighting with someone is constructive. Mm-hmm. It is about saying, I'm fighting for you to make this work. Let's make this work together. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be this huge explosive thing. And I think the word fight is where people get tripped up. Um, yeah. Versus mm-hmm. like just saying, talk with me. Right. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me. Right. Work this out with me. Like Work this out this. with me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Process this with me. Like- yeah. Exactly. Figure this out with me. The, Do the, the logistics. Wind. Yeah, <laughs> logistics with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree with that, Fern. And I think that is like some of the, you know, like unhealthiness that we see on TV, on you know, in media mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And I always go back to, you know, the core principle of couples therapy, right? Is like, it's you and your partner versus Mm -hmm. the problem instead of you versus your partner. And I think, right, you're going to have to fight for your partnership, but you can either be on the opposing side of your partner and want to win, Mm -hmm. right? Or you can want to win against the problem and Mm -hmm. win in like winning is staying in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Winning is being together. Winning is working through this and learning together Mm -hmm. how to problem solve, how to talk it through, how to even compromise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say in the Queen Charlotte storyline, it's a good part of it. Like it's a – she's – it's a very mature take that she's saying of like, I want to fight with you. Like I want – like – and if you're watching the show, you know exactly the context of why she's saying these things and why it makes sense that she's saying them. It's yeah, and and granted, and I feel like I am always putting disclaimers in when we talk on the podcast. Everything is nuanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always nuance. There's, but relationships are compromised. They are working together. Like you said, winning is that we figure this out as a team. Um, if we both dig our heels into the sand, we're gonna stay stuck. It's there's no moving forward if you dig in and don't step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're like, are you fighting? Like, you shouldn't be fighting your partner. You're on your same team. Mm-hmm. Like, your partner is your teammate, not your opponent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. remembering that when you're like feeling unheard or, you know, like there's a problem, mm-hmm. and figure out how to be a teammate instead of an opponent. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it takes practice. It takes practice to have those kinds of conversations. It um, you know, it takes time to be able to recognize what's coming up for you. I talk about primary and secondary emotions with couples all the time. We talk about taking timeouts and making an agreement, especially if you're an internal versus an external processor. Like those are all skills 
to to build on. And honestly, most of us aren't taught how to have constructive conflict, whether it's with family, with friends, with lovers. Like it just it's there's a learning curve to yeah. it, and you try your best. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I I'm thinking about too just how you know often we do model what what we see, whether it's you know, the way that our parents fought, the way that we see the, I mean, it's why I keep bringing up the media. It's like, I really thought that that was the relationship, you know, to have is these rom-coms, right? In like 2000, in the early 2000s, like that was, right, the ideal relationship. Or even social media now, I think you see that stuff. Or The Bachelor, right? Like some of the, some of the stuff that's modeled, I was say we could or even go know. to our favorite artists, right? Some of her songs, Taylor Swift, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, she talks it. Like that's literally what mm-hmm. she talks about in some of her songs. Of like, mm-hmm. me on the sidewalk, right? Like, yeah, follow me, chase me, like all of those things. And it's it's not always that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you need to walk out and calm down, and then yes. like come back and like be like, okay, yes, like let's talk, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't mean that they don't love you or that, right, like, you know, that they don't care enough or things like that. I think that's a common thing, too, is when someone is, you know, someone who needs a type of, like, needs a break and needs a moment to process things versus someone who doesn't, it can feel, can trigger abandonment stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're leaving while we're having this hard conversation, but it is so much better to take a break and walk away than say something that you can't unsay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And come back together when you're ready to. Right. And with timeouts, that's just like an agreed upon time. Ideally before you get into a fight that you have. But I know I know I joked about us doing a relationship podcast episode, but I think we just did. <laughs> we kind of did. <laughs> we kind of did. We've talked about, you know, a lot of different things here, but I think also like tying in a lot of our different topics of episodes that we've done this season and I think it's actually really nice to be able to expand on our own thoughts and feelings about these topics that we weren't able to talk about in the moment when we had somebody else on as our guest and it was a little more controlled and here we actually get to have fuller conversations so Mm -hmm. I like this and you know if if we do in season two if we go into talking more about relationships and dating it's a good idea and I know we've kind of talked about this off mics before, you know, to talk about attachment and things like that. I know people are really interested in attachment. People are learning more about it. Lots of people have read the book Attached these days. And I think that's definitely worth us talking about because there's some really interesting, informative content around attachment and how it affects our relationships. Yeah. I think that our relationships, parenting styles, Mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And just so so listeners know kind of what's coming up next season and what our plan is, is we are going to be taking a break during the summer. We will be coming back with new episodes in September, and we are going to do an every other cadence. There will also be – I mean, we're going to still interview any of the therapists at our practice, and we'll have some come on who were favorites and who wanted to – you know, who have other things to talk about. Some even we had said like they're coming back for a second episode. So like we have more to talk to them about. Yep. We already queued that up there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then we also just want to extend to, you know, our listeners, if there are questions that you all have, um, please, you can go to, 
You can email us at podcast at therapyforwomencenter.com. You can, you know, you can DM me on Instagram or the center's Instagram page, or um, there's also a page on our website. If you go to therapyforwomencenter.com slash podcast, where you can fill out a form um, and give us feedback. And we're, we'd love to answer your questions um, next season as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I keep joking that we're going to do a Dear Abby episode. Yes. 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 Ask your therapist group chat. That's mm-hmm. us. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we are here for it. Yes. We're excited. We're excited to have a second season. Mm-hmm. We're excited to come back in September and be even more refreshed with new content. Yes. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I will also share the other announcement that I have that's very exciting is I'm going to be launching my podcast. So as we – right as we're about to take a break, you don't have to miss anything and you can start listening to my podcast, which will be a weekly podcast coming out. And the first episode is going to drop next week, which will be uh, June 22nd. The podcast is called Recovered-ish. We'll link all of that stuff and it's going to be a place where – I explore all kinds of nuance, talk about these topics a lot. And if you're someone who wants to hear more about my journey with like addiction and recovery and pregnancy, postpartum, and all of that stuff, I'm going to dig into some of those topics more as well. I love that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to listen. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear it and have you just kind of deep dive into a lot of those different topics. So, Yeah, yeah. So... All good stuff here. If um, if anyone is still looking for therapy, we have media openings in the Philadelphia area. And like Gabby said, we have 27 states now. We just got Washington, Nevada, and Connecticut. Yes. Which we're very excited about. Yes. Yeah, we have 27 states, which is a lot. So it means we have therapists located in all, what, how many time zones? Four time zones in the country. Yeah. Are there four time zones? Yes, there are four. I always forget about mountain time. (laughs) Technically, there's actually, um, I think, five because also – because of Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. And probably Alaska. We don't have a Hawaii therapist. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have Hawaii and Alaska. Sorry, guys. Yeah. (laughs) So we're moving and grooving is the – We're moving and grooving. Yes, we are. Absolutely. (laughs) Well – I think this is where we probably say our goodbyes for this yes. first season. Yes. Yeah. By the time we come back, we will both be married and <gasps> Yes. Right. I, I will literally have just gotten just married. Got married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So be prepared for that. We'll check and... in about all of that stuff. And I will not have a newborn. No. Well, we hope everyone has enjoyed this season as much as we have. It's really been just amazing to sit here and chat with, you know, people that we work with, but we don't get to see that often and chat with each other. And um, I can speak for myself that I'm just really excited for, for September. Me too. Absolutely. Yes. All right, everyone. We will talk to you soon. And in the meantime, pop on over to my podcast, Recovered-ish. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Therapy for Women podcast. To suggest a topic, submit a question, or find a qualified therapist, visit therapyforwomencenter.com.